0: If you have your bibles open them up if you would go to the book of Romans we will be in Romans chapter 12 we're going to pick up from verse 9 9 it says let love be without hypocrisy abhor what is evil cling to what is good be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor giving preference to one another not lagging in diligence fervent in spirit serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. Verse 14 says, Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Please pray with me. Father in heaven, oh Lord, when we come across these commands, we know, Lord, that you are a God who blesses. We often say to each other, God bless you. We're asking for others to be blessed by you, this God who blesses. And Lord, we know as those that are in the church, born again through your Spirit, through your Son, and his work, he died on the cross for our sins. We now have a new hope, a new way of life as we follow Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. And Lord, We need your help. (laughs) We have a new helper too. Father, we pray to you in the name of Jesus, send us the helper, your Holy Spirit. Help us to comply with your commands because we know we can't do this through our own willpower. Help us, Lord. And we pray that you would open up our understanding of your word. Last but not least, Heavenly Father, we know that you are the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Please comfort the hearts that are here for we ask and pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Thank you. You guys can have a seat if you would. So oftentimes when we as Christians, we might greet one another or when we say goodbye to each other, we might say, God bless you, right? We know. That's pretty much just like the Christian hello. If you've ever stopped to wonder why we say these things, though, like God bless you, it's because we're asking God to bestow a blessing upon someone. Think about that. It's not, bye, me bless you. That sounds weird, right? (laughs) It's not your blessing. You can give a blessing, so to speak, but you're asking someone to bless the other person or people, aren't you? Think about what we might say. God bless you. We're asking God to bless that person or people. So when we study who God is, we realize that God is a God who blesses. And you and I experientially have stepped into, we've received his blessings. Here's proof of that. Raise your hand if you know God is a God that has blessed you. Raise your hand. Look around the room. So we all know God is a God who blesses. He blesses the mommies, the grandmas, (laughs) knucklehead kids like me. And he changes and transforms us because of his blessings. Who here has been changed and transformed not by the rigid legalism but by the blessings of God? Is that you? Yes. And so now as you and I have become born again, we are now a new creation in Christ. Again, like the caterpillar but now turned into the butterfly. You've got a new nature. It's no longer in Adam but it's in who? In Jesus Christ, in Cristo, we would say in Spanish, right? It's now in Cristo, it's in Christ. You and I have a new nature. But unlike the butterfly that simply has to come out of the cocoon and flap its wings and let it dry off and then boom, it flies away, you and I have some time. We need to learn to live and walk in this new life, don't we? And that's the challenge. So we might often say, God bless you to a person or people. But have you ever stopped to think that God, yes, wants to bless them. And yes, he wants Christians to be around those people, that person. But guess who God might choose to use to bless them? Who is that Christian? Point. (laughs) Wait, are you pointing to yourself or pointing back? Who is it that God might choose to use to bless that person? If you're bold in your faith, point to yourself right it's not oh god bless you yes i want a blessing oh here's stephanie here's brandy (laughs) you guys bless that person well god might say to you as he greatly convicts my heart yes i do want to bless them and guess what that's why you're in their life that's why you're there so let's remember as verse one teaches us in this chapter we're to dedicate our bodies to god as a living what living sacrifice oh does that include my mouth well, don't you hear what they do? They, they're hating on me. They're persecuting me. Well, he's got your mouth, your living sacrifice. Oh, they, yeah, but oh, you don't understand all this stuff going on. Well, verse 2 tells us that we're not to be conformed to the world, but be transformed, the metamorphosis, like the caterpillar turned to the butterfly. Transformed by the what? Renewing of your mind. So if your, your body and your mind is now surrendered to God, and who's that here? Who wants that? That's us. You're a born-again, spirit-filled Christian. He's given you power through spiritual gifts and power in your walk, in your life, so you could stand as a Christian now. And now what happened at that time that Paul's writing to, and what happens today, once you stand for godliness, for righteousness, and especially for the name of Jesus, Messiah, you're going to get what? You're going to get persecution. Now, our persecution we might get here in America is very unlike what they had to go through back then. Even Paul himself writing this, how would his life end up, we know. Well, tradition holds that Caesar Nero chopped off his head. And yet he's got the nerve, look at this again, verse 14 to write, Bless those that persecute you. Remember, the guy that wrote this walked this out to the end. And yet you're not going to get that, most likely. You can go as a missionary to other places. You see now what's happening between Israel and Hamas and all these things going on in the Middle East. That's, that's a long-term war. That's, that's, it didn't start just a couple days ago. It's been there. But bless those who persecute you, we're told. And if our bodies are now given over to God and our minds are now surrendered to the Lord... That he would transform our thought life. Well, what's one of the thoughts he wants to change and transform? That your body, including your mouth, and your thoughts, including all the stuff going on. If you're like me, like God, that means I gotta constantly pray. That means I gotta. Oh my gosh. I gotta constantly talk to God. Anybody of you guys figure that out? My gosh, all i got to do is step outside or turn on the news or talk with others. And I get barraged with all kinds of ungodliness, negative news, all sorts of stuff. And you're telling me now, my body, my mind, and everything needs to be empowered by you, but yet given over to you, that this God that blesses me would, yes, bless others, perhaps through you? That's exactly it. And this is where we're at, folks, in Romans chapter 12. So Paul writes here, Bless. look at this again verse 14. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. I'm going to display this up here on the screen, on the display, so you can see this as we dig in a little deeper. I did the job, this is my, my job as a teacher, so you don't have to dig in. But like an archaeologist, you go to the dig site, you're digging up, and wow, check this out. I got this gold nugget. Look at this thing, yes! And you put it on display in the museum. Well, this is many times what we do in Bible study. So I want to show you an awesome gold nugget, if not like a gold vein, so to speak, that we mine God's word for truth and to be able to show you. Romans chapter 12, I think I put the wrong verse here. It's actually, it's not Romans twelve eight. It's Romans 12, verse 14. It says, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Well, this word for bless, that's written twice, in this verse is this word eulog- eulogy? Oh. Now I had the, the blessing and privilege and honor to go to a funeral recently. And in a funeral, anybody here been to a funeral or a memorial service? And have you heard of that word or term eulogy? Who here has heard of that? This is the word. Wait a second. I thought I'm supposed to wait till someone passes away, then I say nice things and praises about them. No. Say it while they're alive. This is a really good principle for you. One day the people you know, if you don't pass away first, they will pass away. And you may need to be at their funeral or even do their funeral. You may be the one to stand up and eulogize them. But do it now. Life is short. Time is short. Everybody's got like crazy schedules, right? Who here's got a crazy schedule? We all kinda do. We all kinda do. So is this saying to eulogize the people even when they persecute you? That's exactly what God's saying. This is the Greek word. Eulogy. Don't wait until someone passes away. Do it now. Even to the extent, this is where only the spirit-empowered Christian can do. Even to the extent of someone that's persecuting you. That as we, Can we just say what we say on the streets? They hate us. <laughs> even those... They're hating on me? Yes. What do you need to do? Bless. Oh, but I don't feel like it. <laughs> I don't feel like it. So, number one, what I want to say about this is seek to bless others. This word, eulogy, it's that word eulogy, it's to speak well of. It's to bless. With yes, your words. Literally. With your words. In a funeral, the eulogy is where people say praiseworthy and nice things about the person who had passed away. And let me just say as a friend, not just a Bible teacher and a pastor in this church, one thought that God has used in my life to keep me in check, I learned from someone else, that in, in, a, in ministry or as a Christian, be nice to others. Uh, especially in the ministry, we may pass away first, but Sometimes the person passes away before us. We don't want them to go. But I'll think about that. And God keeps me accountable. Why? Because the actions and words I might do, think about that. You may attend their funeral. You may have to do their funeral or speak at their funeral. Eulogize them. And don't wait until someone passes away. Say nice things about them and to them today. Amen? Kay. So it's a good practical application for you and I today. To who? Oh, but you don't know that relative. Oh, but you don't know my neighbor. Oh, you don't know that coworker. Oh? Did Jesus create them? Yeah, but it's a yeah but type of ministry, right? Yeah. <laughs> but God made them. God is commanding you. The second thing I want to say about this is yes, this is a command. You can look it up. You can blow the Bible. it. Go in the original language. I can show you if you want. You can go on the website. Or you can go into the Blue Letter Bible app and I can show you where in the original Greek language, yes, God wrote this as a command. In fact, if you want to know, this verse has three commands in it. So you and I, we are to be now in Christ. So as you see here on the display, in the world, we know this because this was me. Was this anybody else in the world? You only sought to hurt people and... Someone gets you, and they go this far with the knife into your back. You want to go that far. And that's how it is in the world, isn't it? And that's demonic. You've got to know what it is. That's not Christ-like. Oh, but I'm a Christian. God will forgive me. No. You just sinned. It's as if you just murdered Jesus. Until you can see the fact that your sin, your thoughts, not just the actions, your thoughts murder Jesus, and you feel horrible about that. So you can get there, you and I really got to allow the Spirit to do work on our hearts, and He still gets to me. So in the world, people are hurt and they're going to speak bad about others. But in Christ, Christians have been born again. You've got a new nature, and if nothing external with your words and your actions—they first start in your thoughts—but if nothing in your words and your actions have changed after becoming a Christian, maybe ain't nothing inside that's changed. So what do you need to do? Well, if you're faking Christianity, confess your sins to God, repent away from those sins, put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, the only one that can save you, who died on the cross for your sins, rose from the grave, get saved. So now what? Now the Holy Spirit's not preaching to you to get in. He's now in. And what's he going to do in Romans 12? He wants to change and transform you from the inside out. Amen? This is what he's wanting to do with us. So as we go through this chapter in this church, as I pray, God, bring people in that need to hear this. I'll just take it as this. Because all we can do is cast a net, and the Holy Spirit's going to go out there and see who he's going to catch. That he's brought you in here today. That I believe that at least more than half of us need to hear this today. That the Lord wants to change and transform not just your, your body, right? Romans chapter 12, verse 1, including your mouth, the words you say, your thought life even, and to what extent? That now you're no longer used by Satan to curse others, but what does he say? Bless. Bless others. So in Christ, Christians are born again, and yes, you're commanded. Commanded to do what? To speak well of, to bless others? But God, you don't know how much they hurt me. I imagine the father saying, Oh, did you check on my son? Has he died on the cross for your sins? Uh, oh, any questions? No, I'm sorry, God. <laughs> <laughs> he did not do any sin. He took all my tens of thousands of sins, and the sins of the world was put on him. He made him who knew no sin become sin for us. He died on the cross for your sins. And for the sins of that person that you're mad at. Think about that. Let the Holy Spirit search your heart. For the person like, ah, oh, yes. But you don't know him. You don't know her. You don't know all those people. They really hurt me. Yes, well, Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted, Isaiah 61, verse 1. Will you allow him to reveal, he'll use situationally things, so, he's re- so he reveals so he can do what? He can heal. Will you allow him to do that? So is that person or those pesky people bring up stuff in your heart and life and get you to, hey, well, I don't say it. Yeah, but God's going to convict the heart. You say it and you're thinking it, Right? And that's me, too. Don't think like, oh, Drew, you got this down. No, I don't. <laughs> I have only the ability to see my own stupidity and my own sin. And I, I don't have this right. I do not have this down. I look at this. Oh, Lord, you're commanding us, inclusive of me. You're commanding me to be a blessing to others. After all, we want to mimic, we want to copy, we want to imitate this God who is a God who blesses, right? Amen. He has blessed you again. Who here has God blessed in your life? So totally blessed. And now that person, maybe they just don't know God like you do. And he's put you in their life because he wanted to save maybe you and maybe a whole boatload of friends and people around you. But he's got to save one first. Maybe that's why you're saved. Maybe that's one of the reasons why. Of the many, where he's got you there with those people. But God, you don't understand. And I imagine my father in heaven. Oh, are they just like how you were? Uh, Yeah, I'm sorry, Father. (laughs) And yet it took someone with enough boldness, enough courage, enough faith to share the simplicity of the good news of salvation through Jesus Christ. And for me, it wasn't the first person that shared. It wasn't the second person. I don't even think it was the tenth person. (laughs) Over and over. He still sends people to me to remind me, yes, God, you love me. And yes, you took my wreck of a life. You took this mess, you might say, this mess of a life, and now you restore me, you transform me, and he creates what? A message out of a mess. Who here has he done that to? And now the people around you, they're going to test you. They're going to test you. I was one of those people on the other side, I was wanting real, and I would test Christians. I look at it now, I've confessed my sins to God and repented, but I realize, wow, there's people like that out there. You know why? I was that way. And so realize the person that's maybe hurting and lashing out at you, we say, hurt people, hurt people. And if it's a person that doesn't know the Bible, like we've got babies, right? As newborn babes desire the pure pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. When there's a newborn baby, how do you know they're hungry? What do they do? How do they cry? Oh, someone has some nice babies. They're just like, that silent? How do they cry? (laughs) One minute goes on. How loud does it sound then? (laughs) Oh, come on, honey. You know, our kids were not that silent. (laughs) That little alarm, this little bundle of joy has got to be loud enough to wake you out of deep sleep, right? If you get sleep as a newborn baby's mom and dad. How does it sound? Come on, some of you moms are here. Come on, <laughs> let us know. There we go, that's closer, that's closer. <laughs> <Wah>! <laughs> I remember who was, I think it was Joshua. Like, He'd <laughs> <laughs> be like the shaking kind of, <laughs> yeah, I look at a Christian, <laughs> I look at a Christian when they get angry or rage, you know, anger turns into rage if you don't let the Holy Spirit control it. And if you don't rebuke yourself, it changes. It ch- it turns into something else, right? When that happens, I might look at that at times. Usually my first thing is like, I get in the flesh, like, oh, flesh begets flesh, right? The flesh is nothing. And I got to kind of rebuke my own heart. But i look at that at times and go, wow, I think, Father, that's just a child that is hungry for the Bible, like a newborn baby. Desire. They're desiring the Word of God but they've been fed the Bible. So without spiritual input, all they could do is walk out life in what? The flesh. Just like a newborn baby. And as time goes on, that baby being kept from the food, what happens to the cries? The de- their demands, right? <laughs> they get louder <laughs> and louder. <laughs> they get louder and louder. And that's exactly what happens. All right, let's come back to this. So as you and I, we're commanded. There's three commands here. The first command in Romans 12, as we see in this verse, is to bless. Bless those that persecute you. You're commanded. You're accountable for that which you know. So guess what, Christian? Now you know, just like me. You're commanded. He commands you. Yes, verse 1. My body's given over to you. My mouth too? Yes. I must bless. Your thought life in verse 2. So here's what you need to do with that. Bless those that persecute you. That's the first command. The second command, in case you didn't listen, <laughs> he says it a second time. There's one little verse. Bless. That's also a command in the original Greek language. The third command, he commands you to what? Do not curse. This little verse. How many words are there in English in this New King James Version translation? Only ten words, right? Ten words. Three commands. Bless those that persecute you. In case you didn't hear it, he says a second time, bless, he commands you. Third command, do not curse. In other words, like how you work. Because why? Because now you're a born again Christian. And you got a new life. So you're commanded now to speak well of. You're commanded to speak and bless others. <coughs> so you're commanded. It's mandatory. Is that conditional? I don't feel like it. I didn't get enough coffee. i I, I tired. Is that what it says here? No, it's not a conditional. I know you. You are how how I might want to be. Well, I'm not a coffee person anymore. For me, you guys know, as I share my own stupidity. <laughs> Praise God, He delivered me. Actually, next month will be two years from coffee. But I used to be one of those guys. Like until I get that second cup, like well into me, like I really can't feel like I can function. Anybody else like that? I was like that past tense. So even if. You don't have enough coffee. Even if you didn't have enough sleep, you're still commanded. So you're commanded also to not curse others. Now, in the culture back then, people might put a hex or try to do like an evil spell. and They're going to get you. (laughs) In our culture today, people might try to speak bad about others. Politics. So many things, so many people in the world. So God gives you three commands. He says to bless. Yes, even those that persecute you. Second time, he says bless. Third command, do not curse. Do not curse. Uh, By the way, it's good to say at this point, some of us may have likely used God's name even as a curse word. That used to be me. And one way you could tell if someone's born again, they no longer say the name Jesus Christ as a curse word or instead of saying God bless you, some might say God something. We're asking God to not bless someone, we're asking God to damn someone or something. So if you use the name Jesus Christ, do not say his name in vain. Amen? And correct someone if you hear that. say that. It always makes you kind of shudder. Huh. Why? Either person person's not saved, or they're just greatly ignorant. And you, you could get a really good peek into their relationship with Jesus Christ, the way they say his name. Because in the world... If you were like how I was, God's name was a curse word in the world. And if you played a lot of the trash music I did as a DJ, it was all over the place. There's some famous songs now, I guess they're famous. They play it on like a place where I'm at. Like I hear the song, like, (laughs) all throughout the whole song. It's about, anyhow, I won't say it. So understand, in the world, people may have asked God to damn someone or something. Now, as a Christian, you're asking God to bless others and yes christian god wants to bless others guess who Through. again point i want god used in my life do you want god to use your life you already know this god that blesses people right so he's wanting you to be his agent that he can bless others through you will you allow him to he wants to use your life i want you to be used of god But you have control over that. So now as a Christian, we ask God to bless others. Uh, And by the way, because God's commanding you, and yes, these are three commands. We know that whatever God's going to command you to do, he will equip you through. Whatever God's going to command you to do, he will equip you through. But I can't do it, God. But you command me to. Exactly. (laughs) Pray to God that he would empower you. Pray the Father, in the name of Jesus, that You empower you through the Spirit to comply with all these commands. And the Bible's full of a boatload of commands. We all know that, right? Amen? So God, God alone, will get the glory. Like, you don't understand. You talk to someone like, how is it that you're able to be a blessing? You're able to smile. You're able to be positive. Ah, I wasn't always like this. You don't understand. I used to be on the other side. How are you able to do this? Is it a special book? No, just the Bible. Is it something you need to do? Yes. Surrender to the work of the Spirit of God that he could bless others through you. And then now he takes your body, your thought life, which is the start of Romans chapter 12, and now you're an agent of this God who blesses others. Instead of being used to trash the world as you were trashed by Satan, Satan, you understand that Satan wants to get to you guys. He wants to get to this church. He wants to get to my head and heart and I got to keep fighting that off as well as you. We all need to. And God wants to use you to be an agent of blessing. No longer cursing others. Satan's like, no. (laughs) I want to keep them as a puppet. I want to keep my hooks in them. But there's freedom through Christ, amen? And what he wants to do is he wants to use your life but you need to know that he's going to command you to do something that he's going to equip you to do. It means you're going to have to cry out to him. You might have to sit there and, and I got to fast and I could deny my flesh because all my flesh wants to do is take over and just spit out curses. I listen to these rap songs. they are all the whole things about cursing and that whole way of life, how I used to be. And that's why God gives you a new life. It's in Christ, no longer in Adam, no longer in Satan. So why would God equip you to do what's impossible for you to do and yet he commands you to do? It's so that someone gets the glory Who is the one that gets the glory of that? Point. Who is It's that God gets the glory. He gets the credit. And not you. And you know that. Others won't know that maybe. But you know that. But you don't understand. I had a really credit to God. And he's still doing the work. I'm still that work in progress. Also, your faith in God will grow. This is how Christianity is designed. God still is the one that does the work. For your salvation... And does the work for your sanctification. God must do the work. And he's going to teach you where you learn to keep coming to God for everything in life. Oh, I thought I just got to pray to you for a job. Then after I got that job, I'll say thank you and forget you for the next 10 years. No, everything. God, help me keep my sanity together. Oh yeah, Philippians 4, he'll give you his peace that passes all understanding that will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. He'll give you his peace for daily living, everything. Let's continue on. Verse 15, it says rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. The word for weep can mean to mourn. It can mean to sob. In in a funeral, that's one of the things that we might do. We want to weep with those who weep. So there's a sense of unity that only the Holy Spirit can empower the Christian to do. Verse 16, be of the same mind toward one another. He's trying to get you and I to be unified. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. There's a rebuke that I've had to read a bunch of times for myself. I might sit there and go, yes, look, Lord, they are like this. And the Holy Spirit's like, no. You think too high of yourself. Remember, we looked at that earlier. Earlier on in this chapter, even. I might think that I'm too high... Think of myself too highly, and I need to. And that's sin, by the way. I need to step down. It's impossible for me to minister to people if I think that I'm too high for them, for you. Does that make sense? If I think I'm over people or higher than them. The way up, as we might say as Christians, is like Jesus taught us, like in John 13. He washed dirty, stinky feet. And that's God in the flesh who left heaven birthed in this earth into a body of flesh. So he humbled himself, and yet he humbled himself even further and washed dirty, stinky feet. I, I like to say it that way. Why? Like, you know, why does always say dirty, stinky feet? Can you imagine open-toed sandals in a very dirty, dusty environment like Jerusalem, Galilee? Fishermen, ladies. No mani-pedis. Fishermen. Guys like Peter. Can you imagine his toes are probably all gnarled, Maybe with these little, you know, huge toenails. I don't know. And here Jesus is, washing dirty, stinky feet. Even the feet of Judas is scary yet? Yeah. That's the picture of love. And then he humbled himself yet still even further and went and died on the cross for whose sins? Yours and mine. And then what does he say? Follow me. Follow his example. And we go, I, I want to for salvation, but <laughs> I don't want to on a daily basis. He wants that. Will you allow him to do this? Associate with the humble. Guess who was the best example of that? It wasn't the guy that wrote this. Jesus. Think about that. He came down to this planet to associate himself with who? You and I. People that were not worthy of his love. Were not worthy of his sacrifice. Were not worthy of his grace. Of his healing. Of his mercy. And yet, he did anyways, Because why? The Father's love. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Verse 17. We'll finish out the chapter here. Repay no one evil for evil. So the context, again, of this, why I'm calling the message today, bless. The context is that you and I would now bless others. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. The word for have regard for can literally mean to consider in advance. Where you're thinking good things about others as others see you. The way you were known in the world, and I was known as a, like a potty mouth a DJ spinning trashy songs. And that's the type of stuff that people request in the clubs, sadly. And I would comply with that. And I got saved, I'm like, after a while can't play these songs anymore no one had to tell me it wasn't like i went to a church or i read that in the bible why because the holy spirit is now living within me and he's changing and transforming he's doing what i now read is romans 12 you want to renew my mind now i know i I could put words to it of what was going on that he was transforming me from the inside out and look what he says here in verse 17 have regard for good things you're thinking good things about others In the world, maybe you just thought bad things about others. And, oh, that's how they think of me. Well, you could be used as an agent of the Lord to teach and train them. There's someone bigger than you all, higher than us, that loves them. And they don't know God. And they can't see God at work. And they can't hear from God, especially if they're not saved. They're not hearing from God. But you've got God living within you if you're a born-again, spirit-filled Christian And through your life and his example in your life and through you, you can now be a blessing to others. And not just say, God bless you, but I want God to bless you. And I want to go on the record that I want him to use my life. And that's why he put me in your life, that I could be a blessing to you. Allow him to use your life, Christian. So in your thoughts, have regard for people that yes even them that cause evil or speak evil of you that don't happen did it happen to christ yeah did that happen to the apostles yeah even the guy that wrote this but still god could use your life just like how he used paul by the way this verb for have regard for it's written in what's called middle voice middle voice means that you do the action to yourself it's okay, God, when you change me, then I'll have good thoughts towards others. It's like, no, you've got to do this to you. What does this teach and, and command and compel us to do? Yes, cry out to God for the help, but you, Christian, have to force yourself in your own thoughts. Well, I'll change when she changes. I'll change when he changes. That's not what this is saying. And even in the intricate detail of the original Greek language, middle voice, you, Christian, need to do this action to yourself you need to force yourself to have regard for to speak good things about others irregardless of how they think and speak about you and that's what happened with Christ and you know what God did in your life how you may have said bad things or thought bad things about God and then God changes you and you're like I'm sorry God (laughs) why don't you just squash me like a bug on the rug (laughs) because of his grace his mercy his patience and he humbles us and now he wants to use you and I to love others that were just like how you used to be because you're no longer who you used to be, amen? But now through his power and strength he changed and transformed you so now you could be an agent, use of the Lord to help change and transform someone else's life. But Christians, you need to understand, others are just like how we were. At least I'll say how I was. They want to see real. They don't know how to hear from God so you got to help them. They don't think God's a God of love, so they're going to test you to see if you're real with your love. Make sense? Because if you're like how you used to be, just running the game on the streets like how I used to be, they're like, I don't need that Jesus. But if they look at it and go, there's something really uniquely different about you, and I can't tell what it is. I just know you're still you. Your ID still has you on it. You're still your same name. But there's something uniquely different about you that's, as we might say, out of this world, not of this world. And it's the strength of the Holy Spirit in your life. Allow God to use you. So he's going to change you where you even force yourself to have regard for. Consider good things, good thoughts, as it says in the sight of all men. So it's not, I'll be nice to so-and-so when they're nice to me. And how many of you guys know, that's how it is in the world. That's satanic well, I'll say sorry when she says sorry when he says sorry. I imagine Christ on the cross. Oh, (laughs) I'm sorry, Jesus. I'm now a Christian, a follower of Christ. Help me, Lord. How do we do this? Okay, Look at the next verse. Verse 18. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. So some of us might think, well, As much as it depends on you, 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 <laughs> I'll live peaceably. No, as much as depends on you. Now, I realize that with some people, it's not possible, let's say, to have like total peace with God and between you both, to have a godly peace. But try. As much as it depends on you. It doesn't say as much as it depends on them, does it? Is that what your Bible says? It says as much as depends on you. It doesn't say when they say sorry, you be nice to them. That's what your heart might think, right? In Adam, but not in Christ. If it is possible, and it's possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Let's continue on to close out. Verse 19, Beloved, do not avenge yourselves. Remember, we're talking about being a blessing. That's the context here. But do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Think about that. Therefore, and now he's going to quote from Proverbs 25. I'm going to put the actual quote on the display. Oops, there we go. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Now, (laughs) this quote's from... In verse 20, it's from Proverbs 25, verse 21 and 22. I'm going to read the whole passage to you. This is in your Bible, in the New King James Version English. It says, and I state, If your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat. And if he is thirsty, give him water to drink. For so you will heap coals of fire on his head, and the Lord will reward you. Now, some people, when they read this, might go, Good. I'm going to really be a blessing to them. And then they're going to get so mad. I'm going to get them. <laughs> I know that simple thought because I once used to think that. But with again, when you're studying God's word, you must look at the text within the overall context, amen? The overall context, again, of this entire passage, this ending paragraph or so, is that you and I would bless others, to be a blessing. Not, you need to really get them. Here's how you do it. You yeah, can't do it to them. You just bless them so much they get, oh, so mad and so on fire. No. <laughs> good, I'm going to get back at them. I'm going to annoy them by being too nice. I oh, it's get in their face. God bless you. No, that's not what it's saying. That's not the context of this chapter. And a thought isn't thinking like, I'm going to really hurt them by doing good to them. The context is not hurting people but to be a blessing. Amen? Because of that, and because of the context of this chapter now is to seek to bless others, some say in the culture back then when someone needed to start the fire again back home, they go to a friendly neighbor, hey, can I borrow some coals? And when you carry them home, you put it in a jar or receptacle on your head and carry it back home and start the fire back home. It's not, I'm going to get it um No. Overall context of what this is saying and even the quote is that you allow God to avenge. Make sense? So I don't care what comic books you read or what movies you might watch. The ultimate avenger is not the one you're going to see in American movies. It's God, amen? Will you, Christian, have enough faith that although you may get persecution, you may get hated on at your job, at home, or in your family, will you allow God to do the work that only God can do And by you walking out your life in a biblical fashion, you'll now free up the Spirit of God to greatly convict people's hearts. Instead of, when we try to do it with our words and our actions, we're actually playing Holy Spirit, aren't we? And I've been guilty of that. Who here has been guilty of playing Holy Spirit? And you go into that realm that only Holy Spirit can do, and I might mess things up. I might put another layer of brick between someone's heart and God. And I don't want to do that. So, you and I... Must seek to bless and not curse. And then in conclusion, by the way, can we get set up to end with a closing time of worship? In conclusion, God tells you and I in verse 21, he says, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So you see the the context whereby which is quoting this proverb is to seek to be a blessing And it says again, don't overcome evil with evil, but overcome evil with good. So the context is to bless others. Next time you're angry at someone, don't seek to curse them or to curse at them. Seek to bless, amen? Seek to do good to others. Why? You have a new father. It's now the Heavenly Father. It's no longer Satan. You have a new way. It's the way of Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life. A new way of life, and this way of life is to be a blessing, not just to say "God bless you." Anybody could say that. Think about that. Anybody could say that, and sometimes people will say that and put on signs, holding signs saying "God bless." Why? To convict you. They may not believe in this God that blesses others, but they know, oh, this is the way I'm going to get money. So, will we move out of that? That type of life, that way of life, we'll always we say is God bless you, but move into the other line, which is, I want to allow God to bless you through me. You and I must be that way. And that we wouldn't seek to curse others, but to bless others. You have a new source of strength to be able to bless others. Who is that? The Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit. Kay. So we're going to go ahead and close with a word of prayer. And I want you and I, uh, during this time, we're going to go into a time of worship. And I want you and I, again, to not go to church. You didn't go to church. That's a bad, bad application. And I hate that we might say that. Because that's not biblically possible. Go to church means you're not a Christian. You're coming into the church (laughs) to be part of the church. You didn't go to church. We need to be the church. Amen? And what God's commanding you and I in the church to do is to be a blessing to others. So as we close, I'm going to close with a word of prayer. Also, we're going to have a time of worship. And in our time of worship, if you need prayer, I'm going to simply ask you to stand where you are, and then for the others that are around, I want you and I to be able to do as we learned today, amen, that you would be used of God to pray for someone, to be someone that doesn't just say, God bless you, but you could be used as this agent of this God that blesses that you can bless others. He wants to bless others, even here today. So some of you need prayer. And if you need prayer as we start our worship time, simply stand where you are. Share what your prayer request is. You know, quietly, casually with those around you. And then for the others, gather around those that want prayer, that need prayer, and simply walk this out. It's commanded, and you can comply with that right now. Amen? We could do this. Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for this time. We ask Lord that you would please empower each of us through your spirit that we wouldn't simply say God bless you to others but God bless them and do it through us that we could pray for one another right here and now that we didn't go to church but we need to be the church and it's the body of Christ and just like our own bodies our bodies heal itself from within when we're sick when there's things that need to be taken care of you design our body in such a wonderful fashion we are fearfully and wonderfully made and one of the things we discover about the human body is its ability to fight infections to be able to take care of itself to heal itself from within and we ask that you would empower us right now show us that picture or where we could be used by you this god that blesses that you would bless those that need prayer right here and now if we ask in the mighty name of jesus christ in jesus name and all god's people said Amen.